What does it feel like to be a New York Met these days, especially at City Field? It's an absolute blast. New York Mets is the only team I know. I'm super happy to be playing for these fans. New York is my home. I love this team last year. I can't wait to start another season. This organization took a gigantic step forward last year. Wanting to be part of this vision moving forward. A grand slam for Greens are sick. Lindor homers from both sides of the plate. She is gone! Do you believe this? McNeil's got his magic wand back. Max Scherzer picks up his 200th victory. Unbelievable! This team! He's took him out! And the ball game is over! As the Mets, no hit the Philly. We're chanting that man's name. Mark Hanna with his arm raised over his head. It's the fourth of Escobar! The catch of the year for Brandon Nemo! Batting champ Jeff McNeil. What an inning! by the Mets. And the Mets walk it off. Absolutely unbelievable. This is as crazy a ninth inning as we've seen in forever. Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the very first episode of the 2023 MLB season of the Metropolitan Report. My name is Alfred Parsar Jr., and we are a proud member of the Grid Network, which is a phenomenal network of sports podcasts and content. And here on this podcast, we cover any and everything New York Mets. Uh, for those of you who were familiar with us when we were audio only uh, on Apple Music and Spotify during the 2021 season, welcome. For those of you who have never heard the Metropolitan Report, or in this case, seen it, because we're doing video this season, as you guys can see. Uh, welcome. And uh, on this podcast, we're going to talk about any and everything New York Mets, as I said. And spring training is underway. Baseball is in the air. Full swing. The Mets have reported to Port St. Lucie, Florida. And just a little recap of 2022. 2022 was the best New York Mets season uh, in a long time. First time since 2016 that the ball club qualified for the postseason. In 2022, uh, the New York Mets had a record of 101 wins, 61 losses, tied for first, technically second due to a tiebreaker with the Atlanta Braves. However, the Mets were eliminated in the wild card round of the playoffs by the San Diego Padres, uh, two games to one in that series. So high expectations for the Mets. Uh, the Mets, owned by Steve Cohen, have done a lot. We're going to talk about some acquisitions we're also going to talk about some losses uh here in this spring training season preview episode uh but the first things first uh departures uh the new york mets no longer have jacob Degrom. he signed as a free agent and went to the texas rangers dominic smith also departed the club he went to the washington nationals uh chris bassett went to the toronto blue jays uh taiwan walker went to the rival philadelphia phillies so we, a couple of losses. However, we've got some big acquisitions that I'm going to talk about in this show. Also in this program, we're going to talk about the youngsters, the baby Mets, as I like to call them, uh, Brett Beatty, uh, Mark Vientos, and Francisco Alvarez, how they did last season and where they figure into the plans for the team coming into 2023 and what I think should happen uh, amongst those three young stars. Uh, but first off, Again, I'm excited for the 2023 uh, New York Mets season. 
I'll be at approximately 45 of those games at City Field this year uh, covering the Mets. And I'm, I'm very excited. You see, you got my nice little Mets T-shirt on here in this edition of the Metropolitan Report. And Steve Cohen spared no expense in trying to uh, elevate this team. Uh, there are four acquisitions that he made. Now, he made more than four acquisitions, don't get me wrong. However, there are four that I think are going to be key to this team, and we'll go through them here. Uh, the first acquisition, of course, you lose a pitcher like Jacob deGrom. So what does Steve Cohen and the front office go out and do? Well, they go ahead and sign Justin Verlander to a two-year deal. Now, a lot of people who are not Met fans, not inside the circle, a, a lot of outsiders, they said, oh, well, this guy, he's uh, over the age of 40. Why would you go and sign him? Well, I'll tell you why. Justin Verlander is still an impact player despite his age. Uh, in 2022, he was the American League Cy Young Award winner uh, in his season with the Houston Astros last season. Yes, he is coming off of a Cy Young season. Very rare you see a Cy Young winner who wins the Cy Young and then goes to a different team the next season. The last person that comes to mind is R.A. Dickey, who ironically played for us. Uh, Justin Verlander, let's go over his stats from 2022 uh, with the Houston Astros. Also, not only did he win the Cy Young, he's also coming off of a World Series championship. So he had a pretty great 2022 uh, winning the Cy Young as well as a World Series ring. Last season, Justin Verlander, in addition to winning the Cy Young, went 18-4 and with a 1.75 E. ERA, 185 strikeouts to 29 walks in 175 innings pitched. I like this signing a lot. Again, you lose a guy like Jacob DeGrom, who has an injury history uh, each of the last two seasons. He's been pretty banged up. He In the last three seasons, actually, he's missed more time and spent more time on the injured list than he has uh, on the pitching mound but you double back with a guy who's fresh off of a Cy Young in a World Series. One thing that this team needs is a guy who knows how to win a World Series and has a championship experience. Yes, the Mets have Francisco Lindor, who played in a World Series, but Verlander, most recently, <laughs> the season that just passed, won the World Series, as I said. Justin Verlander proving that age is nothing but a number for him, still feeling sharp, and, you know, it's... Uh, what, what more can I say? It's it's Justin Verlander, 18 wins and only four losses. Uh, Justin Verlander, 185 strikeouts to to 29 walks. That's a heck of a ratio. Uh, still going strong. He, he was a, a workhorse in 2022, of course, 175 innings pitched. And, of course, not only did he make it to a regular season, uh, but the Astros won the whole thing. So he played uh, postseason baseball well into October. Uh, I have high expectations for Justin Verlander, and it's uh, it's going to be pretty solid having him uh, part of the ball club. Uh, he's obviously going to be a co-ace, as I like to call it. Typically, a team has one ace, but partnered up with his former teammate now, teammate again, Max Scherzer. They were teammates uh, in Detroit with the Tigers uh, a decade ago, and they're reunited now on the same pitching staff. But Justin Verlander is going to be a guy He's going to bolster this pitching staff. Of course, the pitching staff we'll get to in, in, a, in a moment, but Justin Verlander, very good signing. Again, you lose an ace and a once-in-generational talent like DeGrom, and you bring in another uh, ace and a generational talent in Verlander again. Um, 
DeGrom's a little bit uh, younger. However, Verlander has the better upside, in my opinion, only because Verlander does not have the injury history that uh, DeGrom had, despite missing the 2021 season for Justin Verlander. Another key acquisition, I feel, is going to pay dividends for the Mets, Kodai Senga. For those of you who don't follow Japanese baseball, you might be saying, who? Well, Kodai Senga, last season in Nippon Professional Baseball, which is the Japanese league, Senga went 11-6 and with a 1.94 ERA, 156 strikeouts in 27 walks. He pitched 144 innings in Japan last season. Now, however, for those of you who have been keeping up with the Mets spring training, and I'll fill you in right now if you haven't, uh, Kodai Senga has come out to the media. He, he did have a media day in spring training. And he did say that he has to get used to the steepness of the mound and the distance uh, between the plate and the mound um, in Major League Baseball. Why is that a challenge for him? Because for those of you who don't know, in the Japanese league, they play in smaller stadiums and smaller fields. The mound is a little bit more closer to the ground and it's a little bit closer to the plate. However, Senga will get extensive work in spring training. Uh, he's already had a couple of bullpen sessions, but Kodai Senga uh, has pretty much a, a month and some change to get used to it. The season starts at the end of March. Uh, we're in mid to late February right now. Uh, I believe Senga will adjust. Uh, my only concern with Kodai Senga coming from the Japanese league, and obviously this was no issue for Shohei Otani and greats like Hideo Nomo, uh, they, they get used to the major leagues, but in Japan, again, smaller fields, smaller stadiums, totally different game out there, different uh, level of competition. Will he end up like a Shohei Otani or a Hideo Nomo, or will he go the way of a Tomo Oka or a Hideki Irabu? We don't know yet, but the amount of money that he was paid, and he was a prize free agent, a lot of teams wanted Senga, he chose to come to Flushing, so uh, that remains to be seen. But again, impressive numbers, 11-6 and six and a 1.94 ERA. Uh, it's similar to Verlander, who had a crazy strikeout to walks ratio last, last year in Japan, as you can see on the graphic. Uh, Senga, 156 Ks, 27 walks. The third acquisition, who I think is going to uh, pay dividends, this move was made to strengthen the bullpen. David Robertson, who last season uh, split time between the Cubs and the Phillies. He started the season last year with the Cubs, traded at the deadline to the Phillies. Phillies acquired him to help them uh, with their playoff run. They eventually did uh, reach the World Series, but fell to the Astros. Uh, Robertson combined last season between the two clubs. He went 4-3, 2.40 ERA, 81 strikeouts, 35 walks, and 63 innings pitched. Uh, David Robertson, for many years, or the last several years, I should say, has been uh, a guy who's either been the closer or somebody that you get to bolster the bullpen. Now, last season, the Mets bullpen in the middle was kind of shaky uh, when it came to guys such as uh, Michael Givens, uh, Seth Lugo. Uh, guys were not consistent. The only consistency was Edwin Diaz. And uh, from the middle to the end of the season, Adam Adovino. That was it. Uh, Lugo and uh, Givens no longer here. Uh, Robertson, solid, solid pitcher uh, for the last couple of seasons. 
the former Yankee, uh, former Cub, former Philly. Uh, he's been uh, pretty solid in his career. And for a reliever, 2.40 ERA, um, I'll, I'll take that uh, any day of the week. Uh, 63 innings pitched, 81 Ks in 63 innings. Uh, he'll be uh, he'll he'll be a, a good option for the bullpen to complement Adovino and of course Edwin Diaz. So I'm very excited to see the production of Robertson in a Mets uniform. Uh, and then the fourth acquisition, who I think is going to be key. And now I've only talked about pitching so far, but now we're going to go to a position player. Uh, a lot of people may call me crazy for thinking this, but Tommy Pham, who last season split time between the Cincinnati Reds and the Boston Red Sox, I also think Tommy Pham is going to pay dividends in flushing. Uh, last season between the two clubs, uh, he had a 236 average, 17 home runs, 63 RBIs. He had eight stolen bases in 554 at-bats with an OPS of 686. Uh, he is a career 259 hitter. Now, Tommy Pham is not going to be somebody who's going to see playing time every day or even maybe not on a regular, regular basis. However, Tommy Pham is a good fit for this Mets team because he provides depth, a decent bench bat. So Tommy Pham, he's, he's going to be a platoon guy, but he's going to be a key platoon guy. And uh, I'm very excited to see what he can bring to Flushing. Uh, of course, he's had stops in San Diego. He's had stops in St. Louis, Tampa Bay, and he's been productive everywhere he's gone. There's a reason why last season he was uh, a commodity at the trade deadline, despite going from one losing team to another. Uh, he still uh, was an acquisition at the trade deadline. Uh, guys who are not good players are not sought after during the deadline at all, historically. So, uh, again, Tommy Pham, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Tommy Pham can do. Uh, but like I said at the beginning of the program, expectations are very, very high for this New York Mets team. So high, in fact, that when uh, the manager, Buck Showalter, who's in his second year as the skipper for the Mets, uh, of course, Showalter last season named the manager of the year by the Associated Press. Uh, he was asked, what are the goals? for this season and this is what he had to say uh we'll roll the footage goal coming out of spring training is, is to win the division it was last year and it was you know and, and we tied for it last year and then some tiebreaker didn't put us there so you know that's a goal we just got through putting we, we kept standings all year last year in the advance room and we've already got the five rosters in the uh in the uh team room that's what we're competing against, four other teams, initially. And trying to figure out a way to be better than them. It's going to be hard. They've done some really quality things this offseason. So that's the goal. Win the division. And, and you heard what he said. Initially, there's only four teams that, are, that can compete, that the Mets are competing with. Who are those four teams? If you don't know, they're in the NL East. Miami Marlins, Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, of course, the Atlanta Braves, who are the top dog in the division, it seems, almost every year. And the cellar-dwelling, forever-rebuilding Washington Nationals. Well, all right, folks, uh, we're going to take a commercial break really quick. Uh, when we come back from the break, I'm going to talk about the young Mets. Uh, of course, Brett Beatty, Mark Bientos, Francisco Alvarez, and where they're going to slot in in 2023. You're watching the Metropolitan Report. 
or listening to it however you're taking in uh the program and we'll be right back hey what's up guys pete alonzo here from the new york mets and uh i'm here with alfred and i just want to say thank you so much to all you guys for listening to the metropolitan report it's a really awesome show you got some great insight on mets baseball and um yeah it's i mean it's a great place where mets baseball is talked about and we got a lot of really fun stuff coming up this year and uh a lot of really great things coming from from this team in the clubhouse and i'm really really excited to keep the ball rolling and uh it's been such a fun season and i'm really thankful for everybody coming out to the ballpark and supporting us and it's just been absolutely tremendous so thank everybody for listening to the metropolitan report and uh, Alfred, keep doing your thing. And as always, LFGM. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. New York Mets Ticket Center, this is Brandon. Section 139? Yeah, you can see my hair from there. Got it. Yeah, it's not a real ghost. It's not a ghost. No, you hang up. Your tickets are confirmed. Yes, they're closer. All right, folks, we are back on the Metropolitan Report. I am Alfred Parsar Jr. Here we are a proud member of the Grid Network. And one interesting dynamic for this spring training this year, 2023, there are three young players that, you know, Met Met fans and, and even baseball purists would like to see play. And all three of them got cups of coffee uh, in the majors last season. Of course, I'm talking about Brett Baby, uh, Mark Vientos, and Francisco Alvarez. Each of them had a brief spell at the major league level last season. Um, the Mets, they they have a lot of a lot of belief in these three youngsters. Of course, Brett Beatty was a first a first round pick. Uh, Alvarez turned heads when he was in uh, single-A Brooklyn uh, with the Cyclones and double-A uh, Binghamton. Of course, he had that showing uh, in the 2021 uh, Futures game, All-Star Weekend, that weekend where he hit that home run shot uh, in Coors Field, which was no easy feat in the only at bat of the game that he had. And then, of course, there's Vientos, who is the sleeper out of the three. Sleeper meaning you know, everybody talks about Beatty. Everybody talks about Alvarez and this prolific bat that he has. But Vientos is kind of the, the fundamental guy. Well, let's go over some numbers. So last season, Brett Beatty, uh, again, all three of these guys had cups of coffee. For those of you who don't know, cups of coffee uh, is baseball lingo for a brief stint. Uh, very small sample size, if you will. Brett Beatty, last season in 38 at-bats, uh, he hit 184 for his average with two home runs, five RBI, uh, Mark Vientos, uh, in his, in his, uh, brief stint with the Mets at the major league level, 36 at bats, uh, average of 167, one home run, three RBI. And, uh, Francisco Alvarez, 12 at bats. He hit 167 and his only base hit was a, a solo home run, one home run, one RBI in city field last season. Now, I've been asked, and I've seen a lot of things online, about what should the Mets do. Here's my opinion, folks. And again, this is just my opinion. If you agree, leave a, please leave uh, comments in the comment section. If you disagree, leave a comment in the comment section. I would love to see 
and hear all of your opinions on this. But if I'm Buck Showalter and I'm running camp, depending on how they do, of course, but you know, everything that I'm about to describe is a hypothetical and an ideal world. If I'm Buck, I'm going to have Beatty start the season in the majors. I'll tell you why. You look at this bench for the Mets, right? We have the aforementioned Tommy Pham, who we spoke about uh, before the commercial break. You have a spare catcher spot because Tomas Nito and Omar Narvaez, who's coming over from the Brewers, neither neither guy's an everyday catcher. You're at least going to have one of them every day on the bench. So that's two. The third bench guy, and this is and this is going to be interesting because if you look at the Mets lineup, um, depending on who's pitching, either uh, Daniel Vogelback or Darren Ruff, one of the two are, are always going to be on the bench. If there's a righty pitching, then Vogelback will be in the lineup. If it's a lefty pitching, then you're going to have Ruff. And now, granted, Darren Ruff did have his struggles last season. Flushing came over. In the, in the J.D. Davis trade at the trade deadline. But one of those one of those two guys is always going to be on the bench. I would give the last uh, bench spot to Beatty. Why? Because Eduardo Escobar, um, let's face it, Eduardo Escobar, this is a contract year for him. Um, I'm not certain that he will play well enough to, to get an offer to come back uh, or if he'll even be on the team at the trade deadline, depending on what happens, because a, a lot of things can happen between now on the trade deadline this summer. But I'm going to I'm going to assume that Escobar is going to play the mentor role as much as he can. Uh, of course, Brett Beatty, a third baseman by trade. He has played a little bit of left field, but primarily a third baseman. Escobar is a great guy that I learned from. Escobar is a former All-Star. Uh, he made the All-Star team as a member of the Diamondbacks a couple of years back. Uh, so. Escobar is, is going to be a good guy to learn from. Uh, Beatty was called up because Escobar was injured last season, uh, and he spelled Escobar while Escobar was rehabbing his injury. Uh, then Beatty, of course, hurt his thumb, and that led to Vientos getting called up. But Beatty's gonna, Beatty, Beatty has proven that he can uh, come through in important situations. Of course, the two home runs, of course, his first ever at bat on the second pitch he ever saw, was a home run. He hit that in Truist Park in Atlanta against the Braves. I'll never forget it. But Beatty seems to be the golden child out of the three pro- out of the three prospects. Um, again, out of the three, as of right now, Brett Beatty has the greatest upside. Uh, a lot of people rant and rave about Alvarez's offense, which I'll get to in a second. But Beatty also is is a very defensive minded player uh from studying his uh, film in the minors uh he, his defensive acumen is very good uh at third base especially because the shift is now outlawed in the infield uh for the 2023 season you're going to need a, a defensive minded third baseman going forward and brett Beatty, uh he may not he may not pan out to be david wright or he could be better than david wright of course david wright arguably the greatest third baseman in mets franchise history but uh, Brett Beatty, uh, they have a lot of promise in that young man. All right, now we move to Francisco Alvarez. Alvarez, again, the 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 scouts are all impressed with his, his offense, his bat. However, the biggest knock on Alvarez is his defense, which is why he should start the season in AAA Syracuse. Um, 
last season there was talk of bringing up Alvarez and just having him DH. Now, that's all good and well because the DH is universal now in the National League. And you have guys like Ellis Burks and David Ortiz and Edgar Martinez who have all made their name from being designated hitters, of course. Ortiz and Martinez are Hall of Famers. Uh, guys like Jim Tomey, as they got older, dangerous designated hitters. However, Alvarez is a catcher. Alvarez is figured into plans with the big league club going forward. Now, Tomas Nito, again, no disrespect to Nito, no disrespect to Narvaez, neither man is an everyday catcher. You want a, a young prospect like Alvarez, he's not even 20 yet, to be an everyday catcher. Uh, that A guy with a prolific bat like that, of course, that's all well and good, but at some point he's going to have to get behind the plate. And if he can't block and, and call games at the major league level, then, you know, you might as well try to teach him to play first base. Um, because his defense is, is not where it should be, he should start in uh, AAA this season, not to mention, and I know 12 at-bats is only a small sample size, but there were uh, key, key at-bats that he had within those 12. One is an example when uh, the Mets visited the Atlanta Braves going down the stretch uh, that actually cost the Mets their first, pl their first place finish uh, last season where Alvarez came to uh, the plate, the bases loaded, struck out on three pitches. He's got to go back to the it's, it's easy to hit home runs uh, in a game where you're 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 down six to one in the in the eighth inning and smash home runs. It's a different thing when you're in a playoff race trying to hold on to first place or catch first place, and uh, you've got all the pressure on you. But uh, my knock on Alvarez is just the defense and the lack of a clutch gene. Now I know he's young; he's 19 years old. He may get the clutch gene, but you got to work on that defense because, again, Narvaez is on a two-year deal, and uh, Nito, while his defense is great, he's not the, the greatest bat in the world. So uh, Alvarez should start in AAA. And as for Vientos, this is the toss-up because, again, Vientos, defensively, very fundamentally sound. His bat is average. He's a contact hitter. He's never going to be a guy who's going to get uh, – he's never going to be the cleanup guy. He's never going to be the power guy. He's a guy, he makes your lineup. He's going to bat seventh, eighth, or ninth in the bottom third of the order. Uh, again, very, very fundamentally sound is Vientos. Um, I think he's going to start the season in AAA because there's just no room for him at, at, the, at, the, at the major league level. Of course, you know, you got 26 guys to start the season. Uh, you got position guys. You, you want ideally about four four bench guys um yeah about four bench guys you got nine guys in the lineup four on the bench and then the rest of the pitching staff and the bullpen there's just no room for him let him let him go uh, to Syracuse and then and, and, and learn and grow and develop but um those are my thoughts on Beatty Vientos and Alvarez of course people are also talking about Ronnie Mauricio and again, now Ronnie Mauricio, don't get me wrong, he was named the MVP of the Dominican League, the Dominican Winter League, where guys go to stay warm. But he's a switch hitting shortstop. We have a switch hitting shortstop for another eight years. Um, we're talking about, of course, Francisco Lindor. And it's just a case of no room for Mauricio. Now, can you teach him another position? Yeah, but where would he fit? Um, 
again, the infield's covered because you have Pete at first, or he could switch off with Bogey uh, at the DH if he needs to. McNeil's probably going to be at second. Lindor at short, Escobar third. And then the outfield is covered. Marte is probably going to be in right again. Uh, Nimmo just signed a huge extension. He'll be in center field. And Canna uh, is going to be in left. So uh, not a lot of room. The last point I'm, I'm going to touch on uh, before I get out of here for this uh, inaugural program of the Metropolitan Report for the 2023 season, question marks in camp. What do I mean by question marks? There are a couple of guys who I'm not entirely too sure if they're going to make the team or what they're going to bring to the table. But uh, we'll start with the first guy, Joey Lucchese. So Joey Lucchese is a starting pitcher that we signed prior to the 2021 season. Uh, he is the master of the churb, as he likes to call it. That's uh, a changeup mixed with a curveball that only Lucchese has been known to throw. Now, Joey Lucchese uh, missed all of last year. He got hurt in 2021. Um, at the end of having Tommy John, he, he tore his UCL in his elbow and missed all of last season rehabbing. He'll, he will be in camp uh, this, this uh, spring training season. Uh, for his career, uh, he's 19 and 24 in 70 games, 4.24 ERA with uh, 349 strikeouts in 337 and two-thirds innings. Uh, the last time he saw action at the major league level, again, was 2021. Uh, he went one in four in 11 starts with a 4.46 ERA. And again, we don't know what we're going to see from Lucchese. Uh He had, uh, again, Tommy John surgery, which is not an easy surgery to come back from. Of course, some guys, uh, Jacob DeGrom had, had Tommy John in 2015, or 2014, I'm sorry. And he came back and became one of the greatest pitchers the franchise ever saw. But again, Casey, uh, nobody knows what, what to expect. Uh, again, he, he hasn't pitched since uh, mid-2021. So there, there's no telling. Uh, there's no telling what uh, Joey Lucchese is going to bring to the table. But it's going to be very interesting uh, to see if Joey Lucchese can either, A, make the club um, out of spring training um, at the, in the major league level, which I don't think will happen. Uh, I probably think he starts the season in Syracuse just to kind of like a rehab thing uh, because he has not – this spring training uh, coming up will be the first time that he's going to be throwing in game situations. And, again, I just – I don't know what – uh, 2023 will hold for him. I think he should start in the minors. I think he will start in the minors, and then they'll work him back to the major league roster. Uh, Lucchese could be a, a spot starter, a sixth guy in the rotation if you know there's an emergency or an injury or a doubleheader or what have you. Uh, the other guy who uh, the Mets have brought in or is going to be a Mets camp this spring is John Curtis. John Curtis is a reliever. Uh, Curtis did not play in 2021. He's also, I mean, 2022, I'm sorry. He last played in 2021. Curtis as well, rehabbing an injury. Uh, the last season he played was 2021, where he split time between 
the Miami Marlins and Milwaukee Brewers uh, in that season. Uh, not really anything to uh, write home about. Uh, career 3.63 ERA, 87 strikeouts and 86 and two thirds innings. So he's not a, a high strikeout pitcher. Uh, he did go three and one in 2021, but uh, he did have when he, he had a stint in Milwaukee where he uh, made six appearances with a 12.46 ERA. He's rehabbing an injury. And uh, John Curtis, uh, again, just like Luke Casey, missed all of last season rehabbing. Uh, this spring will also be the first time he's pitching in competitive game situations. So uh, Curtis was signed prior to last season. So he was signed uh, before 2022 heading into that season. But the Mets signed him with the expectation that he would miss uh, the entire 2022 season. Uh, a move similar to like what the NBA's Brooklyn Nets did when they signed Kevin Durant. He, he missed his whole first season recovering from a catastrophic Achilles injury. So it'll be interesting to see what Lucchese and Curtis do. I think Curtis also will start or should start his season in Syracuse. So ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our uh, inaugural Metropolitan Report. Um, I know we didn't touch on everything in this episode, but you know, it's spring training. It's early. We haven't even had a spring training game yet. The Mets will open spring training this Saturday, February 25th, when they play the Miami Marlins at 6.05 p.m. Eastern time. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, that game and the games that uh, that happen between now and our next episode next week. And then we'll also go through the roster and we'll also uh, preview uh, the World Baseball Classic and the Mets that are going to leave, that are in camp now, that are going to leave camp to go play for their countries uh in the in the 2023 world baseball classic once again uh i am alfred parsar jr this has been the metropolitan report uh you can follow us on instagram at the underscore metropolitan underscore report same thing for twitter and don't forget to follow the grid network that's grid spelled g-r-y-d uh the grid network on, on instagram and twitter all one word ladies and gentlemen i feel so good to be back thank you for all my supporters who have uh come back after our hiatus last year and i've said everything there is to say and the only thing left to say is let's go mets <laughs>